Welcome to the Everyday Vacation Podcast. My name is MJ Gordon, minimalist entrepreneur and lifestyle coach, and I'll be sharing with you resources, people, and messages to help you create more balance and energy so you can live life on your terms. Thank you for being here with me today. Let's get the vacation vibes rolling. Hello all, I'm excited to have you here. I have a very special guest. He's a friend of mine and such an amazing person inside out. He's a best-selling author and speaker who literally died after being shocked by eight to 10,000 volts of electricity and came back to life. Since that life-changing event, he's been doing everything he can to inspire people to live more lovingly, joyously, and with more enthusiasm for life. His audience includes Fortune 500 companies like Merck, Comcast, the Ritz-Carlton, Marriott, and Adidas. He has also been featured as a number one author on Amazon as well as in Success Magazine. I'm really excited and look forward to our thought-provoking conversations, which is what a lot of his talks, books, podcasts has to inspire. So without further ado, I wanna introduce you all to Danny Bader. Danny, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited. Oh, you're welcome, MJ. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. And thanks for that wonderful, wonderful introduction. It's great. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just go back to the start for a sec. I would love to know more about your death experience. I mean, this is like crazy. Eight to 10,000 volts. Um, I mean, how did this change like the trajectory of your life? Like what, what was that experience like if you share? Yeah, well, a couple of questions in there. So maybe I'll just I'll just give the um, elevator speech, the abbreviated version of the story. My buddy and I, he owned a company, he and his brother, and I was working for them, a roofing company, putting roofs on houses and um, doing that a few days a week. And we lowered a ladder and we hit an electric line that we thought we were going to miss. You know, it had all that electricity that you spoke of in there, a metal ladder. So it came down and went into both of our bodies and, um, you know, it killed both of us. We were both dead and um, I came back to life. I was dead. The other brother came down and did CPR on me. And I was, he's, you know, he would always estimate I was probably dead for about eight minutes or so um, until I came back to life. And we lost my friend that day. So really tragic because he's, uh, you know, just he, loss of life is always tragic. Mm, he was just a wonderful guy, you know, great father and husband. So the, the, the real interesting thing about this, people always say to me, you know, what, what happened when you got hit. So when I got hit by the electricity, I had an absolute calm, MJ. I knew I was dead or I knew I was dying. You know, it was very consistent of what I've heard about people, you know, up until that point, I was almost 29 when it happened. And, you know, I saw the other brother coming down the ladder. So me and the one brother were on the ground, lowering the ladder. Okay. I saw the other brother coming down the ladder and I have this calm. I know I'm dying. I know I'm dead. And I'm yelling to him, Hey, get your brother, get your brother, get your brother. And I wasn't yelling for help or save me or, oh, my God, you know, and as a reflector, and I realized I, I, I really wasn't there because the, here's what happened. As soon as I saw him coming down, I'm yelling to him. Then my soul, you know, I, I believe there's a God. And if you call it something different, uh, oh, that's OK. There, there's just something bigger than us going on. And while our heart and our lung and our brains help our body go and they're needed for sure, there's this other energy, I think, that really makes us go as human beings. And then when we die, it's called back to its source. And that's what happened to me. You know, my soul went back and I was joined in this best way to describe it. It's very hard to write in the book because you can't use words that we all know. And um, it was dark, loving, peaceful. I had this, this floating. I was no longer in my body. And I knew I was with God. And it was 
you know, again, the most beautiful experience ever, but it wasn't of this world. And I communicated very cosmically, no words. And I had that proverbial choice to stay or go back. And I, and I wanted to stay. I think that's why I struggled so much when I came back. Um, but I expressed love for my mom. I'm one of eight kids, seven boys and one girl. And um, some of the listeners are probably going, oh, he's probably Catholic. Yes, that's right, too. <laughs> and um, as soon as I and my and my girlfriend, Lisa, who I'm married to now for almost 30 years, as soon as I expressed love for them, I was right back in my body. It's like it's like God, you know, she right just sent me back into my body. And I crawled over to help the one guy who was working on his brother. He looks at me and he says, how are you here? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'll do CPR with you. And then the paramedics and the police came and moved us away. I looked reasonably fine then. And I went and sat against the fence and, and I looked down and my, my feet are killing me, MJ. And I had little holes in my boots. Then I took them off. I had holes in my socks with black burn around it. And then I took them off and I had a hole in each foot, oh each my side gosh. of each foot where the electricity came out. There's no blood. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I'm looking into this hole in my left foot. You know, you could stick a pen in it and, you know, I'm going, what the, imagine what I'm saying to myself. And my other buddy comes over, Stu, and he says, you know, what happened? And I said, I guess we hit the wire. And he said, yeah, I heard it. And I said, I know I saw you coming down the ladder. I was yelling to you. This is the first time we talked. And he looks at me, he says, what? I said, I saw you coming down. I was yelling to you to get your brother. And he said, you didn't say anything. He said, I came to you first and I rolled you over. Your eyes are all rolled back, foam all over your mouth, heart rate, no heart rate, no respiration. He said, I worked on you for a couple of minutes. And then I'm thinking to myself, we killed Dan. He ran across the street, called 911, ran back past me, got to his brother, worked on him. And then I crawled up. So, you know, it, it, the wild thing is here I have this absolute recollection, reality, I guess not in this world, of seeing the physical world while I was not in it and saying to him, get your brother. And he said, you'd never said anything. You were dead. So, um, yeah, I would just offer to people that there is something bigger going on here. And, um, you know, there's a part of you that continues on when our body stops. Yeah, that's incredible. So you were you standing on the roof? No, we were both on the ground. So it was this 28 foot ladder and it, it, it actually it's called a ladivator. It had a little hoist. So you don't really walk up, but you send all the materials up. Yeah. So yeah. when you lower it, you both have to be standing on the ground with it before you. And then one guy puts his feet on one side and the other guy just kind of walks away from it. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't kick out. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a two man job. Yeah. So we were both on the ground and then that's when the wire, we only hit it by two inches. You know, it was the, the ladder was 28 feet, you know, so it was just a slight margin of human error. So did error. the doctor have any, uh, two questions. Did the doctor have any explanation? And then like, has this affected your health afterwards? Um, no, he, he, well, I got blown off it, right? You know, so, so that's what they say. You know, my, my buddy Bruce had his hand on it. So the electricity was, was more violent um, in his body. Um, the one doctor, there was a really young doctor when I went here and he said, you know, you just had LOC loss of consciousness and I'm looking at him and I'm like, no, I've passed out drunk and I've been knocked out playing basketball. This was not a LOC. Mm. Um, and, uh, I call it a UOC, a union of consciousness because my consciousness met with, with the greater consciousness. 
So they were worried about my, you know, my kidneys and my heart for a little while. I remember when my mom, when we, we first got pregnant, my wife and I have three children. Luke's our oldest. And we first told her she cried so hard because she always did. She didn't know if I'd be able to have children because of the electricity and surge. I'm like, mom, what are you crying so hard for? And then she told me. So no, the, the struggle was more mental. I was on crutches for a little while. They took some skin and did a, a debridement, took skin from my hip and wrapped it around my big toe so it could kind of grow back. Um, so no, it was, you know, the struggle was mental and spiritual. So what, what, I mean, you did mention that you actually did struggle for a while. It wasn't this just sudden aha moment that flipped your life around. Like there was some struggle after that. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That, the accident happened in July, MJ. And I had so many people um, that loved me and wanted to support me. And, um, you know, I just had, a, we talk about our beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And a belief is, 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 you know, what we think about an event, a person, it's our assumption, it's our interpretation of it. And I just beat myself up and said, it's my fault. I don't deserve to be happy. His kids don't have a dad. Nobody understands what I'm going through. God screwed this one up. Hmm. And they were all my beliefs. So they just, they just put me very quickly into victim mode. Yeah. You know, and then, you, you, you know, I, I was drinking to try to numb out, you know, smoking weed, you know, you, you sleep with people to try to feel better and none of that works. So I went to the Outer Banks in North Carolina in October and, you know, I, w- I was somewhat committed to taking my own life. I was, I was just at the end of that rope. And I remember I walked into a little hardware store to buy a hose down there. And uh, I believe in angels. I believe people show up and signs show up that support us. And this little woman came into this aisle and she was, she was smiling, she big, bright smile. She must have been like 75 or 80 suntan wrinkled skin from being on the beach for so many years and she just said something to me and I don't even remember what it was but it just kind of shocked me out of this crazy thinking and uh I didn't buy the hose you know I went out and uh had uh, probably about six or ten beers and a couple shots of tequila and I remember I called my mom and she said when are you coming home we can't wait to see you and something inside of me just switched and I said man you know, that little voice, I walked out of the phone booth and it said, I wonder what it's going to be like when I get better. Um, and it was the first time, right? So you and I have talked, vision is very important, I believe. It is a core of my work Yeah. for people, for people to imagine, right? What needs to be real. Well, that's that, this quote that you said, uh, I think it's, uh, we all have a gift every moment, every day to develop a vision of ourselves. Uh-huh. I have it written right here. Uh, even when life sucks. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought this up because I was curious, like here you are, like you're in this really, really sucky place. And I think we all can relate to when those emotions take over. I mean, it, yeah. you're just, you're a prisoner, like you're held captive yeah. by them. So how yeah. do you get out of suck mode and into vision and creation? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. First thing I would encourage people to do is um, just understand and really understand and really internalize that we're going to have struggles in life. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my fourth book, Taking the Shit Out of the Show is all about that. We have these shit shows of life that are struggle, uncertainty, anger, fear, regret, you know, hate, all these things. They're going to show up. It's just part of the, you know, the human journey. So if we understand that, it's not like we morbidly walk around every day looking for them. Right. If we understand that, though, when it does show up, maybe we can just not be smacked upside the head. We can just say, OK, here's one of those times, man. Here, here's one of those times. So I think the awareness of that helps. Um. The second thing is oftentimes when we say this sucks, I spoke to some high school kids yesterday, seniors, about 150 of them. And I offered to them, hey, listen, when you when you hold that thought about something that's coming up in life, 
follow it with another question that says compared to what? Mm. So how many times people say, you don't understand, even my own kids, dad, this sucks. I'm like, yep, yep, we got to get through this. Um, Compared to what though? You know, and then you just kind of reframe it. You can look and say, man, I got a lot of good things happening and I got a lot of good people that can help me move through the struggle. So number one, expect that we're going to have struggle. Number two, put it in perspective with the compared to what question and then see the other side. Maybe it's two months from now and say, okay, two months from now, this, I'm going to be through this. Maybe it's, you know, it could be a nasty divorce or something and you know, you're into it for a year. It doesn't matter. There's so much energy when we see ourselves on the other side and the vision. And, yeah. um, you know, that's really powerful. Sometimes there's like a transitory state or an investment, so to speak, before you can get to the other side. Right. So like yes. a, if you're dealing with a nasty divorce or health issues or even mm -hmm. building a business like that upfront investment can really suck. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the thing is a, a lot of us find that we just get worn down in that process. Like we start to lose faith of, you know, that other side even being there. So how, you know, if, if you're in this place or if a person's in this place where it's sucked for a really long time, or maybe it's like one suck after another, mm -hmm. how, how do they get inspired and excited and believe, you know, that, that the journey is worth it, that the process is gonna, there is gonna be another side. Yeah. Well, I, I think that comes down to a couple of things. For me, it's faith, right? And my, my faith is, is, Faith is defined as belief without proof. Mm -hmm. and, and I was, for some reason, given the gift of proof that I know this world is, is this world and, and we're here and we've, we've got to accomplish things and make money and have jobs and do everything else. And that's just part of the journey to this next chapter, you know, when our, when our soul leaves our body. So I think it's just kind of taking that deep breath. And, and for me, I just call on the spirit and, and get some support from there. And what and about people really who struggle with that faith? Uh, sorry, not to interrupt. But. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. I would encourage them just to continue to explore it. Yeah. How, however, however it shows up for them and watch what they're saying about it. Because oftentimes the, their lack of faith will be because they, oh, I can't believe this happened. Or why would I have to suffer so much? You know, it's almost like the story of Job. If anybody reads the Bible, you know, God just continually challenged him and challenged him and challenged him. And he understood that that was just part of him being human, you know, and that even strengthened his faith. So I would just say, continue to explore it, you know, talk to people, check out different churches, go on YouTube, read some books, you know, anything that has to do with strengthening your faith, you know, should you choose to, if you just write it off and say, nope, this is it. When I die, I die. Yeah. You know, then, then that's your, you know, that's your choice. And, and I wish you all the best. And I would, I think differently than that, you know? I think we all have uh, to have like some sort of faith in something, right? Sure. Whether it's for a greater purpose or your own, your own abilities, self, uh, yeah. you know, or, or what good you can do. I mean, yeah. I know uh, for myself coming from difficult odds, you know, traumatic childhood, um, physical setbacks, mental, financial, a lot of us go through these challenges, but as you said, it's kind of just a part of how life goes, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's that idea of, you know, how do I want to respond to this? How do I want to frame this? If I understand clearly, you know, and taking that vision and kind of moving it towards, yeah. towards that, but you have to have some sort of faith, right? Cause if, cause if it's all for, for loss, like then, then what, you know, how, how, uh, how yeah, I, I think, the, I think so. You know, the, the, the uh, philosopher and mathematician, Pascal, 
um, said this. He had something um, that where he talked about God. It was called Pascal's Wager, like okay. you're going to bet. And he would say, okay, so if you live life um, from a reckless perspective, not with love and not with care for other human beings, you're wagering that there's nothing after this life. And if you die and there is nothing, then you're okay. He says, I think differently and wager that there is something after this life. And it's based on how we showed up and we loved as human beings. And if I die and there's nothing after this, I haven't lost anything. If I die and there is something, you know, it's how I live my life. It's going to be, you know, bear maybe what shows up in that next chapter. I love so that. I think it's pretty cool. I, yeah, I, saw, so I saw something once. It was a study and it said only 50% 50, 50 of people believe in God. And I thought, man, that seems kind of low to me. And as I dug into the study more, MJ, they asked, you know, I don't know how many people, 50% believed in God. 40% of the remaining 50 said, I don't believe it. I believe in something bigger. I just don't call it God. Mm. So now I'm going, oh, that makes sense. Now 90% of people believe in something bigger. You know, and I was raised Catholic and I, and I believe in that faith. I believe you know, my third book, I, I met Jesus for a Miller Lite. You know, Jesus is a character in the book. People get all freaked out. Is it religious? It says Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, but it says Miller Lite, too. It's just, <laughs> it's just a story. Uh, Jesus drives a convertible Camaro. He's got an iPhone. He wears a New Orleans Saints hat. And he just he meets this young guy, Michael, who is, is struggling in life. Michael was a running back in the NFL, and he started to get concussions. And now nobody wants him on the team. So his, his type A is plan mm. now, and he's got some other people in life struggling. So it's, you know, it's just a story. Um, but it was interesting in, in that, in that, uh, you know, that study that 90% do believe in something bigger. Yeah. And it took me a little while, you know, when you're raised Catholic, you know, you, you got, you know, God's up there sitting on the big stone and he's, he's angry and he's throwing lightning bolts and, you know, you're going to burn in hell and all that other stuff. You know, I, I've come to have a different relationship with my Catholic faith. Okay. And, you know, a lot, a lot of Catholics, you know, or this is, this is the one faith. This is the only faith. And for me, you know, I know it was the first church from Jesus. And I, I think there's other, you know, if, if somebody has a faith and it leads them to be a loving human being, I don't know, man, I can't see them not moving into that next chapter of life, you know, heaven, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. I, from my own experience, when you're kind of sucked into like the suckness of life and you're like, man, I have to figure this out. I need to fix yeah. this. Like I got to do this for me. It was, it's so not motivating, you know, um, for me, like my next purpose was the kids yeah. like that, you know, I think that next step up, like maybe the idea of like a faith and I'm just talking for people who might, you know, struggle with this gap, you know, maybe the yeah. idea would just be what is the next greater purpose that's greater than you like outside mm -hmm. of you that like you say that there's something greater outside of your own life and your own experience. And you yeah. know, for me that that next step was my kids and then it came out and spread out to the community and then you know and like you say it just kind of like takes these progressive steps uh mm -hmm. and, and makes you a better person, you know, you just Yeah. You have a better purpose. I, I don't know what it is. Like we say we're selfish individuals and I think the ego is very selfish, but I also mm -hmm. think there's this altruistic truth inside of all of us that like really wants to serve a greater purpose. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a greater purpose, you know, outside of that. Yeah, I ego. think so. I think so. I just did a meditation this morning. I went for a run, did a meditation. There's a, a friend of mine, Martha Boston, and she has a meditation. It's out on YouTube. It's called Listen with the heart and the soul. It's about nine minutes. 
And she, she just, there's some music playing and she just has a couple of quotes there. And she said that the, the soul was given, the soul has been given ears that the mind can under, to hear what the mind can understand. And uh, yeah, if anybody likes it, it's Martha Boston on YouTube. Listen. Um, yeah, it's good. That's so, that's so cool. I like that quote. Yeah. So I want to say one of the things I absolutely love about you, Danny, is your calm, kind, open energy, like, have you always been this way, you know? And if not, how do you stay so? <laughs> if you grounded? ask my kids and my wife, MJ, you're probably gonna get an idea. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we know each other under kind of a business circumstance, but I mean, some of those days are long. We're sitting, we're thinking a lot. You know, it's yes. a lot of high energy all the time, and um, you know, and I just felt like one of the things that I witnessed is just this very even keel energy from you, and just always open and loving, mm -hmm. just pouring, you know. Mm -hmm. So. I, you know, for me, that's my goal is like, if I can improve myself so that I can be that, you know, light in the world, um, yeah. you know, that's what I try to encourage my audience to be, you know, that greater purpose. But how yeah. do you, how do you, you know, maintain that? Like when, you know, when life can be like really crazy and yeah. Yeah. Well, th thank you for that. Number one, I think you do have a, a bright light yourself. So you're not trying, you're doing and, you know, it's an evolution. It is. You know, I was certainly a little bit nuttier when I was younger, you know, still residue from the accident, you know, and the kids. And, you know, I, I battled with alcohol back and forth. You know, I still drink some red wine and beers and, you know, much, you know, for more of a different reason versus when I was trying to escape for things. Um, but as I get older and I, you know, I've lost some friends and, you know, I, I reflect on the, on the journey of my own journey. I think it just puts me in a different place to kind of show up and understand, you know, there's a great stoic Marcus Aurelius said, your great quote, he said, you, you could leave this life right now. Let that determine what you do and think and say. And it's something that I hold on to again, not morbidly. And then I've been, I've been, you know, given somewhat of a gift. Um, my sister, my only sister, my oldest is um, sibling is my best friend. And her husband is a beautiful, beautiful man who is one of my best friends living in his fifth year with ALS. And I go up once a week, you know, a lot of family members come and help out. And in the book, Take the Shit Out of the Show, there's seven short stories and they're all fictionalized. But the last one is called Bobby. And that's him. And I kind of wrote about his struggle when uh, my niece got married. So the struggle is, is he going to be able to walk her down the aisle, you know, because his legs were getting weak as this disease progressed. And uh, I won't tell you what happened, but it's a pretty good ending. But just to see the courage and the faith that this man has, and he was a surgeon for 30 years, um, I, that's really, he's always inspired me. And it certainly has even more recently as I've been part of this disease. So just, you know, the journey, yeah. just, to, just to have, um, just to be more present and, you know, not, not let the dumb shit matter or whatever people want to say, not sweat the small stuff. But that takes work. You know, you got to wake up in the morning. You, you got to put yourself in a good mindset. You got to do some journaling. You got to watch what you're saying to yourself. You know, I always I offer to people, you know, the high school kids, too, I was just talking with, um, you know, what's your opening line? And people go, what do you mean? And, you know, some people go like when I'm dating, like, hey, do you come here often or something? They think about that. And I say, no, it's, you know, it's like a book. It's like a movie. You know, authors will go back and rework that opening line so much because that's the hook, right? Yeah.
And it's the same way for us every morning. As soon as you open your eyes and you come back to life, so to speak, you don't have to come back to life like I did. Literally, every day we come back to life. What do you, what's that opening line? Hmm. Because it's re- that's really going to get your, you know, that, that story of that day headed off into the right direction. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And even if it's going to be a tough day, right, MJ? Yeah. You can still hold positive thoughts and visions about getting through a tough day. You know, versus, you know, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. That person's such a knucklehead, whatever. Absolutely. Those are such good thoughts. I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all day. Like, I feel like we (laughs) just cracked barely the tip of the iceberg. So we'll probably have to have you come back and dive back into some more because I just, I I mean, this time has flown by so fast. I'm trying to look at my clock here. Um, Absolutely. I'd be happy to. I would love that. Thank you so much, Danny. I wanted to recap some of the things that, you know, really stood out to me of our conversation today. Um, you know, the first one is find that greater purpose. You know, if you're stuck in the suckness and um, are struggling to get back into joy, back into the present, just find something greater. Like have some, just have some faith that there is a greater purpose um, outside of you. And when things do suck, to put it into perspective and ask yourself, it sucks compared to what? And, mm. and what can be better on the other side? Um, I love that you said, you know, be more present. Don't sweat the small stuff. This is, this is such a key thing that I always say, which is, you know, take time to get here in the now, because this is where you get one with yourself. You restore, you get clarity, all these things, but also the small stuff, like the small stuff is like, you know, rooting out what doesn't add value to your life, getting rid of the excess and really focusing on the things that are truly important. I love that. I love that about your work, by the way. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. And I just, I love how these messages just coincide. I mean, they're really one and the same, right? Like we're, we're just trying to find a way to get back to life, to improve ourselves, to, to serve that greater purpose and really just live an amazing life experience and hopefully leave something um, better in our path. So thanks again, Danny. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your friendship. And thank you so much for adding value to our community here. Oh, you got it, MJ. Thank you. I appreciate you right back. I trust our paths will cross again. Absolutely. Such an incredible story. So many amazing nuggets of wisdom. I hope you all enjoyed this show. Please make sure you check Danny out. He's got some awesome books and an awesome podcast of which I've also been interviewed on. So check out yours truly there. Give him a follow and I'll see you next time.